I'm Joanne Wilson, and this is Positively Gotham Gal. Small, meaningful conversations with women entrepreneurs about their approach to life, business, and everything in between. As a lifetime vegetarian, Abby Warsh has been an avid cook and foodie since her youth. 15 years into raising children as a full-time mother in New York City, Abby turned to the world of food, seeing an opportunity to work with old family friends, Chef Paul Del Favero and his wife, Susanna Del Favero. In 2013, the team conceived of and built Harbor Market and Kitchen in Sag Harbor, New York. And after nearly two years of design and construction, Harbor Market and Kitchen opened and began serving food in May of 2015. So you sold antiques. So I sold antiques. I came out of school. I got poached by a media company to sell advertising for for an art magazine, which was great, a great first job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you understand completely what a, a magazine universe is in the 90s. It's all women. Yep. It's all moms, all working moms, incredible. And I'm the youngest and I'm the freshest and they're all mentoring me and teaching me and I f- soared and did incredibly well and met my husband who was also publishing an art magazine. I eventually ended up working with him in his business, saw his business through an acquisition uh, got pregnant. We got in our first fight in the office <laughs> and I said, I'm out and I am done. <laughs> I am not raising my blood pressure for you and your business. I am done. I'm and he's go in home. the art world as well. He has always been in the art world, which is really his natural place. And then he had a love business that he wanted to do from love, which he did for many years, which is to publish this magazine, Museums Magazine. It used to be a digest magazine in six cities. He loved it. Very passionate about art education. But it never, it was insolvent the entire time. So I got in there, nice Jewish girl, in two seconds, I was like, okay, this is not working for me. <laughs> I will help you clean it up, but we need to sell this right now mm-hmm. and focus on the art world where you make money hand over fist all day long. So we did that. And so you left his business. I left his business and had babies. After the first fight, I was like, that's it, I'm done. Right. So So I went went home. home. I had my babies. You were a full-time mom. I was young. I knew I wanted to do it young. I knew I wanted to do it myself. Um, The choices I made as a mom made it, you know, I sent my kids to a Waldorf school. So it's the handmade clothes and playing with sticks in the park. It's very engaged, you know. I mean, even when you have a little one, you're looking in their eyes. You're singing to them. You are with them. Right. It was a... Very, um, in very different sort of alternative schools. Correct. And very immersive. And, and you take it quite seriously, which I did. Right. Um, and then around like the 10 year mark of doing that immersively. And plus I had a, I have a stepson. So the minute I got married, I had a mommy hat on. I never had like a relax, you know, I've been in mommy mode for 20 years. Okay. Um, so just to give you perspective, like, way, I've been making oatmeal for 20 years. And, and then you're in mommy mode. For life. For life. I know. I no, have a seven-year-old and a 30-year-old, yeah, it, it, and it never goes it away. It never goes I, away. It yeah. is, and I'm welcome it. I welcome it. Yeah, I, just, I do, too. You know, I would just, you know, I'm, I'd like a break from making oatmeal a little at some point. <laughs> at some point. I don't right. have to put a, a time on it, you know. Um, but around, like, 10 years into having, you know, of raising my kids and being so immersed in it, there started to be this, like, tickle, like... Is this it? I mean, I'm a smart girl and I'm making dinner. That's my day is making dinner. And I make a great dinner, you know, and, I'm, and I take it really seriously. And it's rewarding. And I'm not belittling the experience because I love being a mom. But I was starting to say, you know, what's going to happen when I hit 40? Then I, I feel like at 55, I'm going to be tired. You're telling my story. Yeah. I'm Same is thing. It, you know, yeah. like I feel like I got this 15-year chunk 
to do something and make something outside of my house. I didn't even care what it was. I, I, you know what I mean? I would want to make something outside of my house and I want it to be something that I can relax and trust my instincts right. on. You didn't want to make stock all day to get ready for dinner. Oh, Lord. I did not. <laughs> and I had done it. I did want to make stock all day and I've done it, you know? But there just had to be more, you know? So that happened simultaneously while my partners were looking for, and we were old family friends who so we knew each other. Um, light socially, you know, and they were looking for another opportunity. And I just kind of immediately put it, to, put them together and said, I could build something really amazing with this couple. Then there was a lot of navel gazing about, you know, do I want to, is this the leap I really want to take? Because once I start, I'm not getting off the track. Um, and you knew it was going to be food. I knew, it's funny, I had a couple things in my mind. I felt that food was the place it's not like I had a lifetime dream of opening a food, like a restaurant or a shop. But it was something community and consumer-based. No, it was something I could trust. Interesting. Something I could trust. Like, you you put four things in front of me, and we're doing a taste test. I'm going to pick the one that's what I think is the best, and I'm going to have super strong opinions about it. And, and that goes across the board. And with my partner, Chef Paul, there's actually the first person I've ever met who feels the same way, you know, who will go in, in, a, in a market. I mean, we go to Brooklyn Larder and we will just stand and take one tiny I step. I love that store. Oh, look at this mustard. They're, and they're, one tiny step, look at this salt. Oh my God, look at this olive oil. Their pistachio tiny... cake. Oh, the best you've ever had in your life. <laughs> I know, I've had it. Have <laughs> you had their chocolate chip cookies? I've had that, but it's the, to me... It's all about that pistachio okay, cake. Now you have challenged me because I make the best pistachio cake that you will ever try in your life. Pistachio, olive oil, citrus, green, moist. Yeah. I mean. It's so good. What's, it's hypnotizing. It's an incredible store. I love that shop. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was what we had dreamed up. And I finally met somebody who will like stand there and talk about olive oil for me for like 20 hours. We'll talk about olive oil all day long. And he's also incredibly, he has an incredible reputation. And I just felt like there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity here. And I can trust myself with food. I could close my eyes and know that my French fries, my tuna salad, my falafel, my fish tacos, if I say this is what I think belongs here and we're talking food, I'm going to hit it on the head. I know because I always have, you know. So I felt like it was important to trust trust what I chose. And so what was the diving off that you were like, okay. Okay, we're doing it? Yeah. Well, we did a lot of navel gazing. I mean, I had to make sure that I trusted this person because it's very personal to me. You know, yeah. like money is very personal. Money is not, money is the most intimate thing to me, you know? So here I am going to take everything I have and kind of put it and make this stage for this other person to shine. Because that's really what I think that a leader really is doing. They're creating a little background so someone else can do their thing. You know, I may building the stage, giving you the light, and then you're going to tap dance. So what was the jumping off point? Which is really an interesting perspective because that to me is not only a great owner. I don't care if you start a company or you start a restaurant, but it's also really good management that you can give people who work for you insanely long leashes and they it's about we and them. Absolutely. And it's when you meet those people that talk about I, 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 it's just like, That's no, not going to work. It's you not going to work. It. No, I know. They don't. It, that's never what it's been for me. It's always, and even in my quietest moments when I can think, what do I wish for this business? What would be, sometimes I try to visualize because I feel very strongly in that visual. You have to visualize things to make them happen, mm -hmm. you know? And I would kind of close my eyes. What would be my greatest wish for this? And it's never about me. I'm always the like, and then it's good for me too. It's good for me too. But it's always about what if I could take these two people who are so hardworking, so smart, so incredible, so capable of more than they've ever been given before and give them 
a huge opportunity. Opportunity, which and is by the like way a success, which is very well, at least very similar to how I think about angel investing. I would imagine so. That well, when I it's when like I being a mother too. Yeah, it's it's like being a mother. It is. You're midwifing your children to the end. They're not yours. You're you're just making them the best of what they are. But they came out as they are formed, and your job is to get out of the way. You know what I mean? Like make the environment great I and get out agree. of the way. Yeah. And and you know if it's going to fail a business or children or whatever, if they're going to fail, they're going to fail. It's almost like got nothing to do so much with you. Right. But you it's know? very hard to get your head there. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's why, P.S., I'm not 20, and that's the difference. Right. Is that if I had gone out straight out of school, da da da, da I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to, if I had gone and done that whole startup and done all of that stuff when I was young, where I was, it's all bravado and no wisdom, then I don't know if I would have arrived in the same place. You probably well, you would have arrived at a different place, right? So you decided, okay, these people are my people. These are my people, and then once it was these are my people, then it was what are we going to build here? It was again, it wasn't us because he's a French restaurant chef, white tablecloths, Michelin star, went to school in France. You know, he's a restaurant chef. There's a there's a line in this the movie Chef. Have you seen that movie with John Favreau? It's fantastic where he goes on. I he did gets see a, that. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes little boy. Truck. It's hilarious. There's, there's, it's hilarious. Mm. There are moments in that movie where four or five lines where my chef has said word for word those words to me. And one of them is, I'm a restaurant chef. I, I, I work in a restaurant. You know, like I'm not a food truck chef. I'm a restaurant chef. That means something to them. So it wasn't even about like we're going to make a restaurant. It was you are the, you're incredible in a kitchen. You're an incredible man. You know, my other partner, Susanna, is an incredible manager, merchandiser, retail person can operate. And I have a, and I have a vision of what kind of food I want to, what kind of things I want to make, what kinds of feeling I want to give people when they walk through the door. So let's find the space, the community and the model that fits all that stuff. So there was a long time of, of more navel gazing <laughs> with just, you know, what's where? The, where? Where's the right spot? And if we do it, I didn't like the restaurant model. There was something about that restaurant model that wasn't sitting right with me. And I knew, like I said, I knew, the only thing I knew positive was that I had to, it had to feel right in my stomach. And there was something about that restaurant, I didn't like it. I felt like you couldn't make, you had a ceiling of how much money you could make because of how totally. many seats there are. So right away, that felt like a trap. Not, yeah, that felt yeah. like a trap I didn't want to be in. I personally don't really enjoy going to restaurants so much anymore, I have to say. I'm not, you know, I don't have my act together to go to cool places and get reservations. I don't pay attention. I don't plan in advance. So I don't go places cool. I go places in my neighborhood. I always feel rushed. It always feels loud. I don't like waiting for people to give me water. I'm so particular. And then when little mistakes with the food, they piss me off. And I always, I don't know. I just, it wasn't happening. I well, wasn't feeling it. It is interesting you say that. I mean, as someone who goes out all the time and I wish I was eating home more because, you know, with no kids home, right, that's you know, it's just, that's it's your like, end of your day. It's, an, day, it's, big, it's yeah. an activity. Yeah. But I have gone to the point where I am so picky and that I don't enjoy the restaurants like I used to. And you're seeing so many of these restaurants in the city that are so ridiculously so overpriced. Yeah, and they're pretentious. And they're not even that good. Right. And so, you and know. they're loud. I mean, I don't want to be like a grandma. No, but, but they're really, when you can't hear someone next to you, it's like, it's not enjoyable. It's not enjoyable. And also, like, I work hard all day long. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, going out to dinner for me, would work for me if I had a different kind of life. If right. I was well, napping. Well, you young kids still. Huh? Uh, yeah, but even if I didn't have young kids. I mean, when I used to have to go out with my husband at night, which I don't do anymore at all. I sent him solo to everything because everything is work. So I don't need to be there, you know. 
And when I did, when we first met, and I went to all those events with him and the dinners and the gallery openings, blah, 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 I took like a nap in the middle of the day. I didn't like work all day. I didn't wake up at six in the morning and work all day long. I mean, I'm banged up by 6, 30, That's impressive because most New Yorkers go all day long until they drop. Yeah, they do. Someone and said I once, couldn't do it. Who, someone said to my husband, I thought it was great. He said, you know, in, in California, you get up, you have your juice, you're, you go through your day, you know, he goes, but in New York... You get up, you drink coffee all day long, right. and at the end of the day, when day's over, you start drinking wine until right. you I pass out. Exactly. <laughs> you, you drink, you get drunk, you pass out, and you start all over again. Exactly. You know, and, you know, I didn't, when I, but if I wanted to be in good form, I had to rest. So, you know, the whole thing just wasn't appealing to me. I didn't like it. I didn't feel like it was the future, and I couldn't get behind it. And so why Sag Harbor? Sag Harbor, it just all came. The space came first. The broker we were talking to, we were looking at different spaces. I immediately figured out, we need to have takeout. Whatever we do, if we do a restaurant, it's got to be takeout. I need a big takeout thing because that was what made sense to me. Well, it appeals to you because you like to be at home. I like to be at home. I'm a nester, mm-hmm. you know. And then in the Hamptons, everyone has these incredible homes, you know. And I would find myself every single day, and I'm going to bring everybody. Yes, come, of course, bring the kids, bring so-and-so. Well, that's what I love about the Hamptons. We don't leave our house. Nobody leaves your house. <laughs> you know, you go, you have a beautiful pool, you have a yard, you have a gorgeous outdoor table. And at 4.30, inevitably, I'm like putting a pareo around my bathing suit and grilling something. I or, agree. You know me what I mean? Too. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, it's lovely. I don't, you know. I love it. And so do you. I love it. If, you know, I love it. But there were plenty of times where it's like, you know, I would like to just get tacos for the family and I want to stay in the water. I don't want to cook. I'm not in the mood to do that. And nobody was set up to do that. And I'm, you know, being like a city girl, I'm, that was foreign to me. What do you mean? There's no place where I can get a, a decent, beautifully made food at a whim to take out. So that was kind of looming in my mind. That's what we need to build. And simultaneously, I couldn't get my favorite butter. I was having trouble getting a fresh loaf. I mean, I'm a New Yorker, so it's like I have a favorite butter. Yeah, you know, and I have to have fresh eggs and da 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 da. So eventually, a space just became available, and and our broker told me about it. I knew the space because I'd been there, and it was just like a oh, perfect. It was perfect. It was down the block from the local school. You know, we're, we're all parents. I mean, Susie and I, we always say we're all mommies here. Everybody is a mommy here, which is true. We're all, we just loved the idea of feeding all the local kids. It was a space that had history where it had been like a corner market since the 20s. So my lawyer, who was like this real old timer lawyer in his 80s, told me stories about the space and about how he remembers going to school down the block and how the owner was nasty and grumpy (laughs) and used to think the kids were stealing. And, you know, it just had such great um, feeling and potential. And it was a wreck. So it needed love. It needed to be taken apart. It needed to be reinvented. And so you dug in. I dug in, you know. And so how long did it take you to get the place ready? It took about four months of planning and about eight months of building you know, I managed to create a space for myself to do that, which was the most important part. You know, it was like creating a room of one's own. It's like I had to create this little zone for myself to be creative, to think, to have no fear. I mean, all those things, you know, because they all interfere with being able to make something new, you know. So we planned the space, we built it, we th- really thought about who we were serving and what they might want. We were very sensitive to the fact that we were taking away a beloved old place that had been there for a long time. It was kind of like a rundown pizza place. Like if you picture your favorite neighborhood. Well, you, you still make pizza. And we still make pizza. That's why we still make pizza. 
that is why we still make pizza because we were we knew we would have to do pizza. We knew we had to do sandwiches. We had to replace some of the stuff that people. I mean, I couldn't put a barbecue place there, right? You know what I mean? It would make sense because yeah. you have a customer already built in, correct? Who's expecting pizza and sandwiches, correct? And sometimes it's like kids just wanting a bubble gum, right? So it's that has to be there too. It has to be a candy counter, you know. There had to be. I insisted, for example, we had to have the newspaper. It drove me crazy out there. You can't. Nobody reads the newspaper. I know it's nobody, crazy. I, nobody reads a paper. I have mine delivered to my house, right? But it's like, you know, I mean, I hate to, this is going to make me sound really, but I, I love a New York Post every once in a while, you know? I mean, I want to read, I, I want to sit and have a coffee and a paper in the morning. And it was like such a big deal to find the paper and a decent coffee in the same place. Right. So I was like, I need to fix this. This I can fix. This is a hole that needs to be filled and that we can do. So when you go back and you now, you know, how long have you been open for how many years has it been? Three summers, almost our third year. Okay. So it's almost your third year and you, you know, you decided you had this 15 year chunk I love the food. I found these partners. I trust them. You found a space. You understood the neighborhood. And then you began. And you look back because the food is delicious. And it is. It's it's this local neighborhood place where you can sit down with your friends. You can grab a cup of coffee. You can have a piece of gum. You can get something to order to take out. The food is really good. It's fresh. It's right. it's made. And I mean, or we'll make your Thanksgiving for you too. Yeah. No, you know, it's, it's wonderful. Like we'll keep going. Yeah. What are the mistakes you made? Um, or the right decisions that were like, ooh, who would have known that was the right decision to make? Right. Um, I mean, source. all of a sudden you have to source food. Well, all of a sudden you have to source food. Well, thank God my chef is so experienced because he kind of walked in and immediately was able to set up everything really professionally. And that was, I mean, look, to some degree, some of the successes were just the confirmation of, oh, I was right. <laughs> oh, I was right. He's really incredible professional. Oh, I was right. She is really incredible, you know? So some of those confirmations were just like, okay, this works. But um, well, it's always about the people. It's always about the people. And it's always about... So one thing that worked that we honed in the time was just listening. You know, just quiet and listen to your instincts. Because your instincts almost... When things go wrong, you smelled it before. You knew it. No doubt. You knew it. You saw that red flag. You knew it. And so there are times when we've looked at each other and now, you know, Susanna, who's like my work wife, we know the minute we meet somebody, if they're going to work out or they're not... But at the same time, you have to give people a chance. So you don't want to be the curmudgeon. You know, you have to, well, maybe I could be wrong. You know, I had lunch with someone today and we were talking about investing. And in terms of where he is in this whole group of people, he's had the most successful investments. And, you know, people have all these theories. And he said, there's no theory. The only thing that's worked is I have spent a lot of time with each of these individuals and I'm picking the right people. I, I completely agree with that. Businesses fail and succeed all day long for all kinds of unknown reasons. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of need the perfect storm. Yeah. You don't, you don't, yeah, you do. You need the, exactly the perfect storm. It can be, I mean, and I don't think luck all has that much to do with it. You know, I mean, great ideas fail and horrible ideas succeed. For sure. You know, <laughs> horrible people succeed. You know, great people fall on their bottom, you know. So I think that you have to absolutely, it's not just pick the right people, but create something that is for people. Right. So it's not only picking the right people, it's also, you know, I have an environment there where I'm very protective of that culture. You know, it's a place where you feel good. And it seems silly. I mean, in the food business, it has not been created that way. You know, if you work in kitchens, you are used to, you know, all of it, heat, 
poor labor laws, sexual harassment, the whole deal. You know, it's ugly. You're working in a basement. You're yeah. hot. You're you know, on your feet. Everything about it is miserable. It's not a lovely place. Well, you know? you know, people used to say about the retail business, and I think it's the same of food, you either have to love it or hate it because there's no reason to like it. That's a very good point. <laughs> That's exactly right. You're either all in or you could care less. Exactly. That's kind of exactly how it works by yeah, us too. Yeah. And so... You know the the people. It's all it, for me. It's it's about the pride of making a life, making something where people can make a life. If I have an opportunity to do more, I would love to be able to take my team that I've built and watch them do more. You know, take my pastry chef who probably had the aspirations to be a pastry chef in one bakery in one little sweet town and would be very happy with that. But I see in her. That there's something, if I wanted to do a product, a wholesale product, she could do it, you know? So if is that I wanted, the next? I don't know. I don't know what the next is. But if I want to do 30 stores, she could do it. You know, if I want to do, you know, I mean, I, I love that I have people around me that I could p- visualize and really picture their future being way bigger than whatever they expected for themselves. That's appealing to me. That's interesting to me. And it's hard to stay in my world of Sag Harbor. I mean, you said it when you came in too, which is that this could really go in any neighborhood. You know, it could kind of go anywhere. It can. Um, And I'm super proud of that. But you had asked me like what I felt was successful. So I thought that my my gamble was successful. And I I mean, look, there's an obvious thing that's successful. It's not, it wasn't, it's not really that important to me, but it's the one thing that everybody brings up, which is that, hey, you you thought of something and you manifested it. Yeah. Which is a very wonderful thing right, and very because not many thing. people do that. Correct. I mean, years, years ago, we, you know, entrepreneurial family, we all sat around the kitchen table. We would all come up with ideas and always talk about them. And I think one of my kids once said like, you guys come up with all these ideas and you never do them. No, but it's practice. But yeah. It's the crossword puzzle for an entrepreneurial mind. Yeah, you know? completely. I mean, my partner said to me, what makes you think you can do this? I mean, I've worked with so many restaurateurs, people whose names you would know, you know, what makes you think you could do this better than everybody else? And I used to say to him, I have been trained for this my whole life. Mm. It wouldn't matter if we were opening a restaurant or if we were opening, you know, a hanger manufacturing plant in you know, the middle of nowhere. I have been trained for this my whole life. I have been talking and schmoozing. And that is the dinner table conversation in a family like mine from when you're an infant, you know? Right. That's what we talk about. I don't think there's anybody in my family on maternal, paternal side, in my husband's family. There's nobody who's ever worked for anybody else, ever. So everyone's been entrepreneurial. Everybody. I mean, I can't find one person. I don't even, I mean... Maybe there's a doctor, you know, a cousin. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. But like, no, every single person worked for themselves. And it's it's a mentality, you know. Well, I, I think statistically 90 or 85% of kids that grow up in entrepreneurial families become entrepreneurs themselves, oh. which is not surprising. I mean, you see that your parents, perhaps your aunts or uncles or grandmothers, grandmothers, they are can do whatever they want. They work really hard, but they own it themselves. And after seeing that, I think it's really hard to go work somewhere else. Um, you might do it when you're younger to learn about something, but in the back of your head, it's a you're it's just always, learning. You're learning on someone else's out. dime, exactly. Yeah. And which I think is a really important thing to do um, early on, particularly as you said. If I had done this in my twenties. I probably would not be where I am today. There's something about the maturity and the time and what you've learned over the years, as much as, you know, learning from making stocks every day for like a phenomenal dinner. Right, right. I mean, you know, there's also, 
some of the wisdom there is that also, you know, I mean, I had a little more time to accumulate money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a little bit more, you know, balls, you know, which I needed to do. I needed to have, I needed to have my own money. Right. There's no way I could have done this without, with somebody else in the background. That just would never have worked. I couldn't have been this creative if I had to answer to somebody else and not just completely have it all myself. I mean, I'm a, I, I've now discovered that I'm a wildly a control freak. I've never thought of myself that way, but being in business and now having to dole out those checks every week, you know, I am a control freak, but, but you know, I mean, hopefully, yeah. Not in a terribly destructive way. <laughs> well, it seems to have worked. So it'll be interesting to see what you end up doing if you replicate this concept or you decide, you know, I'm going to back my pastry chef um, because, yeah. you know, each of them do take capital, but you've already succeeded in something that someone will put money into you and trust your instincts. Yeah, they've. Were, I mean, I can already show somebody what I can build, right. you know, which makes a huge difference. It's not like showing somebody a model on a piece of paper and they don't really know if you can do it. Exactly. You know, so that would be great. And I would like the opportunity to to keep going and do more. Um, but it will be interesting to see how we decide to grow it and what direction, because I haven't gotten, a lot of it is going to be, like I said, like a human, you know, it's going to be about the person. I mean, I created this fearless space for my partners to do their thing. And now I kind of need somebody because I was bigger than, right. And now I kind of need someone bigger than me to create that fearless space for us. You know, I thought, I think that I thought I was more of a suit than I am, right? I mean, I've been doing a good job and I've been doing the work of the suit and the spreadsheets and the bill and that, 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 and that. I mean, I've been doing all of it, right? but that's not, uh, that's, I'm not the suit. I need a suit right. to well, do the next thing. Right, right. You know what I mean? No. I need somebody who's going to say like, you know, who's going to kind of keep it organized and not have to fill my head with that so that I can focus on, you know, really finding now what is the right way to, to expand. I mean, I, you know... We built it for Sag Harbor because we were just kind of putting our head down to build this one thing. You'll you'll see. I think that over time, there's just like points where for most people that it could be walking down the street, it could be one day you wake up and, you know, all of a sudden something comes to you and you just think, okay, now's the time. Yeah, now's the time. I definitely felt like an itch, a tickle. And it reveals itself to you. I mean, it might say to yourself, you know what? I'm very happy here. <laughs> right. I don't mind being a shopkeeper. Right. Or it also might be hitching my my talent pool to someone else's vision. Right. Which I'm not, I don't object to. You know, I mean, it might be somebody else has big dreams to build something and it happens to meld with what we're doing and we can mush it all together and do something big. Like, I'm not married to anything. You know, I'm kind of waiting for the right thing. I just know that when it comes, I'm going to smell it. I know that when it's right. And the person is right to do it with, I'm going to know it and I'm going to feel it. And that's been your biggest talent. Yeah. So I don't want to define it. I kind of have like, okay, it could be this, could be this, could be this, could be this. But I want to leave it open until the right thing comes, you know? You'll see. Well, thanks for coming today. I'll be watching. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'd be very, exactly. I'd be very, very happy to have you as always a guest. I'm happy to feed you tuna sandwiches and fries all day long. Those fries were really good. And (laughs) by the way, the pizza were were so good and the pizza was great too. The pizza, thank you very much. I'm very proud of that pizza. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Our thanks to Abby for joining us this week and sharing her story with us. You can check out Harbor Market and Kitchen in Sag Harbor, or you can actually visit them online at harbormarket.com. Thank you to all our listeners for joining us this week. 
Stay up to date with Positively Gotham Gal. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. We'll see you next week. Bye.